Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and your links to subscribe via your favorite network. So you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now let's get started with today's episode. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I'm honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. And part of the reason you are going to be so glad you tuned in is the amount of fun that we're about to have discussing growing your business or growing your small business in the contemporary year. No matter what year this is, I think that a lot of this is going to remain evergreen in the time to come, just based on what I'm getting off the, the green room conversation here. And you are going to enjoy today's guest. His name is Matt LeClear. He is the founder of Your SEO Squad. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. Matt is an SEO expert, and he's the founder, as I just said, of the marketing agency, Your Ad Squad, LLC. Uh, the website is YourSEOSquad.com, so forgive me there. Matt and his team work with small and large companies in any given industry on any given Sunday with one main purpose in mind, to double the size of a client's business. He teaches you how to utilize the biggest referral targets to result in huge dividends. And along with that, Matt's got a great story. He offers tons of marketing experience, and he loves to deliver valuable search engine optimization tips and advice to listeners. Matt LeClear, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> wow. What an intro. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. Well speaking, uh, well, speaking of intros, I just read off your official bio, and it's so impressive. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm qualified to be here, and this is my show. <laughs> hey, when you're old and you don't quit something, you get good at it. And uh, I'm old, so I've been at this for a long time. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, sp let's spend some good time on this. So yeah, before it. we dive in, I know you have a lot to share with us today. We have a number of questions we're going to go through, and then if we have time afterwards, we're going to get into a couple uh, subsidiary topics. You know, we have up to an hour here. So let's start by taking a quick step back. As I said, I read off that official bio of yours, but tell us a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and making a difference for your community market and audience. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, long story short, I've, I've been doing this business uh, marketing, online marketing mostly since 1998. So it's been a while. And uh, when we started, we were doing uh, mostly web development. Uh, to make a long story short, we stayed with web development. But it, there came a time when it became really hard to create a website because people wanted traffic hitting their website. Before, in the 90s, it was just about creating a website. Right. Then we got really good at creating websites. And they said, hey, wait a minute. Isn't this supposed to have some traffic? My phone's not ringing. So it's like, ah, you want your phone to ring. Let me look into that. Long story short, we added some SEO to a package in 2007. Uh, it took right off. Uh, we started offering SEO to the people who bought websites from us. Uh, we were soon an SEO agency and not a web development agency after yeah. that because it just took right off. And we've been in it ever since. It's like uh, it's when, when you seek with something, 
that is helping other people and you get kudos back. That's great. And you get money too. That's great. But it's more like you find your place in the world. Hey, I can really help businesses grow. It doesn't matter if it's email or SEO. I just, I have a knack for this. Uh, I can't sing. I can't play guitar very well, but Hey, I can grow businesses. I love it. And you know, I, myself, I used to own a web development firm way back in the day. In fact, all my technology was set up when I used to own that firm. So a lot of the underlying accounts that govern my technology still have that brand name mm -hmm. within the usernames and such. And I just, you know, it's not worth it for me to change it. But we went through the same, very similar thing. Around 2010, 2011, website conversion consulting became really hot. And it went along with what you said is, People move beyond, well, I have to have a website. And it became, well, I need to have a website where I'm getting people that are coming to the website and doing stuff that converts into money and customers and subscribers and every other damn thing under the sun. Right. Well, uh, that's when I launched a company called Help My Website Sell. And if I had to do it again, I would not have used that name because everybody thought I was in the business of flipping websites. <laughs> yeah. I finally, I think, got it right with the Business Creators Institute, which I created the following year, and which is now the vanguard of our primary uh, business consulting activities. That being said, uh, you are absolutely right. There, a long time ago, there was a big shift, and you still do see some boutique or bespoke web agencies out there that specialize in building highly customized sites. But what I discovered for the marketplace, and I said this myself, is the website ultimately is a tool, not a goal. And part of the reason that I got out of owning a web development firm is having that kind of name on the door attracted people that would fuss over oh, I swear to goodness gracious, uh, we had somebody where we spent a week arguing with arguing with them that their website fonts were purple right. they swore they weren't purple uh, i'm it's like okay you gave us this exact hex code from your branding swatch if you look at the underlying css code oh and here it is by the way i'm filming you a camtasia <laughs> video where you can see it it's that hex code it's not the website it's your browser and getting stuck and getting into briar patches like that and sadly, what we saw in those experiences is once the website was launched, everybody was so exhausted from the experience, they kind of just gave up on it. Whereas when you take a different type of approach, which is actually going to be my very first question to you, you view the website as a tool rather than a goal, and you're moving directly into a business activity that's going to lead to uh, it's going to lead to increased conversions, increased sales, increased signups, whatever it is you're looking for. So uh, the let's lead into that first question, which starts with mindset. Now, Matt, you've said that CEO, or excuse me, SEO, well, SEO makes you a good CEO. Yeah. SEO is not a subset of technology. Instead, it's a subset of business development. So if you could explain the difference in mindset between those two to help us build a foundation for what we're going to be covering here. Oh, that's a, it's a huge difference. And I'd be happy to do that really easily too. Uh, when I first got into SEO, it was more of a subset of technology. And I want to say 2008-ish, uh, 2009, uh, we uh, started messing around with it. And, and I uh, dot infos were on sale, I think at the time for uh, 
99 cents for one year. I ended up buying 2000 of those domains yeah. and setting up a private blog network on it and uh, was just sending straight PLR articles to those. And that was black uh-huh. hat, but it was very, very technology laden. But what happened is after Penguin hit in 2012, that changed everything. I, in 2012, we were running close to 11,000 client campaigns. And when we got hit, with penguin we had half of our clients lose their rankings overnight and they were freaking out and they had expanded their businesses with all the extra traffic hired new people now they had nothing and that that still i get i i went and had therapy over it it was so hard for us (laughs) i have ptsd from it in a mild form because i still get nightmares about that time because it was so can you imagine 5500 people turning to you at once and say hey what happened i was alive i was alive then i remember and this is uh around the same time that article marketing got wiped out too oh yeah same same for almost the same reason yeah and so what happened is what happened in the web development industry where it was just about getting a website and, and if you have a website, you could put it on your business card. Now your sales staff is out talking to people and they hand their card out. Now, instead of just a phone number and a name, now they can come to our website. Wow, that's going to make us lots of money. And well, it didn't because the websites weren't set for conversions. They were just brochure pages and most brochures that if you go to any given business and go to their shelf sales literature shelf and take a brochure off the off the rack it's going to be written from the perspective of that business rather than the prospect reading it and that was what all websites were like and seo was kind of like that too where it was so easy that all you had to do was buy a program and um, like article marketing robot for like $59 and you could get as many links as you wanted forever. So that mindset was very hard for me to lose because that those 2000 sites and that network put me in the country club. They, they put me into hero status with tens of thousands of customers. Uh, Well, Uh 11,000. I didn't want to leave that black hat side of it because it was so lucrative for, for me. Uh, long story short, I could never get that back. And it became SEO had to become a subset of business development for us. And that started in 2015. And where we said, wait a minute, we're not trying to fool Google anymore. We're just trying to grow businesses. And the, and the vehicle we use to do that is SEO. And that's totally different because now you can use content marketing to attract links. You could do outreach campaigns to, uh, to prospects. You could get them. It's just a lot more you can do when you have that mindset. So it's all SEO is about one thing to us. It's about growing businesses. It's about getting ROI. It's about getting income. It's not about ranking for keywords or anything else. It's just about growing businesses. So that's why I say if, if someone's thinking about hiring an SEO, that's a good chance that that SEO has a mindset that it's just a technology issue. Ask some more questions. Ask business development. Ask what their strategies are. Ask what the, who, who your prospects should be if you tell them your target audience. Just ask business development questions. And if the SEO can't answer those, they're not going to fit into the equation of growing the business because they're still back in the Stone Age uh, five years ago where they're trying to use it as a technology issue rather than a business development issue. I hope that makes sense because that's such a powerful thing that's happening in our industry right now. You know, I remember 
you know, it was during my when I had the web development firm that this whole thing of building the network of your own websites that were blogs that you shared PLR articles or propagated one blog to the next or whatever formula you were following. This was uh, when you would buy a certain type of hosting that gave you IP blocks and you'd use seven different web hosts at the same time and you'd oh, yeah. buy like 19 variations of the key phrase and you'd spread them across different hosts and different IP addresses and you'd make sure that you use WordPress but you use a radically different theme for each one of them and uh, there were only so many free themes out there because right. it started to cost you a small fortune and we did help a client, a couple of our clients uh, build out those networks and candidly I thought it was bullshit I'm thinking this is great but this is going to collapse Google is going to look at this and they're going to say and they're going to say to hell with this and they're going to pull the plug at some point so this was one of those things that candidly I mean I know put you in the country club for me it was like okay this is easy money where we just do whatever the client wants right because eventually this is all going to get deleted anyway I saw it coming five miles away oh, yeah. and that leads to my next question here it has been my contention that, you know, we've had the penguin and I think we've got a panda and a calico cat and an alligator and every other <laughs> thing that's been released since then. And every single time that Google releases a major update that upsets the Apple cart, you hear people saying, link building is dead. SEO is dead. And my contention is, is those that have embraced search engine optimization and search engine marketing as an area of business development with a long-term goal, who haven't chased flashes in the pan or bright, shiny objects, every time the dust settles, they're the ones that are still ranking. So right. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Is link building dead? Is SEO dead? I think I know the answer to the second one since you're the head of the SEO squad. <laughs> but uh, tell me your thoughts on those two things. Well, that's, those are good questions because it happens a lot. Content marketers will say SEO's dead a lot too. Why they want you to hire their content marketing. Facebook ad companies will say, hey, SEO's dead. Come over to us and buy some ads. You get instant traffic. There's no waiting. PPC guys say the thing, same thing. Uh, long story short is as long as Google system is set up the way it is where they're looking to display the best information when as long as people are still grabbing their phones and their computer and searching in keywords and they're doing it to the tune of 66,000 searches a second so since we've been talking how many we've been talking I don't know five minutes 15 minutes 15 many, minutes 15 minutes times 66,000 thousand searches a second so that's how many searches are taking place on google when that stops seo dies matt i'll be candid with you uh when i do these episodes uh, sometimes you or the guest will say something that'll raise my curiosity and i'll bing the yahoo out of the googles over it as well so i've probably done about 20 or 30 searches and you didn't even notice <laughs> and, and, and I'm conduct and I'm leading a conversation that you can tell yeah. I'm fully engaged in. And even I managed to bust out a couple dozen. So I get the point. Right. So that's the SEO side of it. And if long as people are doing that, you want your business, whenever somebody's searching for what it is you offer, you want to make sure that you're showing up because if you're not, you're going to end up in your competitor. They're going to end up at your competitors and they should because you couldn't get to them and help them when they needed help. They found your competitor instead. So what now link building is a very interesting side of it. So you have SEO and link building is just a matter of whenever, when links 
are linking to your site, it tells Google that, hey, wait a minute, this site's kind of popular, so we rank it a little higher. And the more popular sites that rank to you, the more popular your site becomes and the more traffic you get. Google has to have a way of having this tiebreaker because honestly, on-page optimization, if that's all your SEO agency is doing for you, I don't mean to step on toes, but we've trained our fifth grader to do on-page SEO. It's on, on page is the easy part. I mean, oh, I mean yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to consult a guide on keyword density, how to name your links and, and how to position your pages and stuff like that. And then you get into the image alts and all this other stuff. I'm not an SEO person myself. I understand it from a theoretical perspective. So I don't know all the tactics, but I've noticed that over the years, when it comes to the on page, it's still the basic stuff. It's just being optimal and at the same time, natural about your content. Right. If you're natural about your content, Google's going to like your content because it's all the algorithm now. Before, Penguin was about stopping spammy blog networks. Like, yeah. Google yeah. had a problem. Like, I remember I ranked a key a website that had a blank WordPress Hello World <laughs> install for the keyword MLM tips. And it was yeah. number one overall, and we hadn't even put any content on it yet. And we did it yep. just with links, one broadcast to, to like half of our 2,000 sites, and it was ranking three days later. Google had to protect themselves from that. Yeah, yeah. And you also have things like, um, I, if, I think you're familiar with the term rank and tank. Oh, yeah where you uh, get something out there that's going to propel you very quickly. And it's a good shot in the arm. Like, for instance, releasing a press release. That's a great way to get quick rank on a key phrase, because especially if you're using a good press release network, it'll get featured on a lot of authority sites very quickly. And that's awesome. But the issue with that is it's going to then tank because right. it's not really sustainable. And those same mass media websites that automatically feed press releases are going to move on to something else pretty quickly. Yeah, real, real quickly, because what will happen is if that's the only backlinks your website has, now your competitor goes, does their press release. Well, yep. they, they just nullified yours. So what is, and since theirs was a lot more recent than yours, so Google says, well, their site is more popular, so therefore we'll put them in the ranks. But when you get, so when link building, is it ever going to die? It might. The way it works now, Google has that tiebreaker, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime yeah. soon. On-page optimization is great. It's so important to get done. But once the on-page is done, it's all about link building. Yep. And I, and I want to be clear. I'm very much for press releases. I believe in press releases. I've done press releases and gotten great results from them. Uh, in some cases, in terms of actual reporters reading them. Oh. Uh, and in terms of creating off-page rank, that's a place to start and you will get those hundred listings on a hundred authority websites or whatever the guarantee is. And they will stay on those aggregator websites for a while. And I've actually been tracking some of this, like looking at some of my own press releases and those of a few of our clients. And I've noticed that those websites that aggregate press releases do tend to be considered authority websites and they tend to maintain a link for I don't have any spreadsheets or mathematics on this. Uh, I was a gifted student who got deficiency reports in math. I mean, I don't know much <laughs> about numbers. I don't know how to draw a, a straight line with a roller or a roller with a straight line. But I can tell you that based on eyeballing it, those links are good for about two to three years. 
Yeah. Well, some of them are even longer than that. We have a yeah. press release company as a client and we're always auditing their content and they're ranking for everything, just yeah. everything. And then I look and they got old press releases from clients on their site with links and they're still indexed from like yeah. eight years ago. So yeah. if you're just starting out, you're right. It's nice to get some momentum going, and press releases are perfect for that. And also, fast way to do it, yeah, yep. because you can because you control the content, you control the keyword, and usually the press release distribution agency, um, like uh, one I know of, you know myself is Dan Janelle's guaranteed press releases. They will actually work with you on what you want your key phrase to be. So that's a great way to get it going pretty quickly. You push that button, and you're on 50 websites within 24 hours, all pointing back to you. Yeah, and if, but if you take the time. And uh, write a good release out. Make sure it has yeah. all all the all the makings because attorneys, not attorneys, um, the uh, reporters they gotta have they have deadlines. They got stories they have to do. And as a content creator, you know what it's like having to create content on a, on a schedule. They oh yeah, they love the help. So yes. getting the so taking extra time to write it in a way that is interesting, will we'll help out the reporter with the story they're doing, will give you buku links where yep. they won't drift off either. And they'll be from sites like CNN.com, a reporter will pick it up, and uh -huh. then their subsidiaries will pick it up. And then you'll get a bloggers pick it up because they'll constantly uh, will blog about certain articles on CNN. So it's like, it creates a cascade effect that is just beautiful. And it's just, and by that time you're sitting back and I've already done the press release, you've already submitted it and you're just answering phones okay um for the sake of my show not getting barnstormed i have to say the phrase fox news's website does that too yeah <laughs> now we're even i'm, I'm yeah. just i'm just playing around but uh, yeah, because you, you mentioned cnn twice i had to make sure that we're fair and balanced well, here. If, you're right, at so the, if you're at the airport it's cnn if you're anywhere else it's fox news i don't know how cnn got that contract well i'm good i digress but it's the uh, uh yeah it's everywhere but it's like and you can be picked up from a from an independent news journal a journal yeah. so you could from a bloggers will pick it up because uh -huh. you you can get those feeds and that's even better sometimes than a reporter picking it up is getting a blogger to pick it up. And that, oh, none yeah. Of, yeah. None of that happens without the press release. Correct, correct. And what's also great about press releases is if you're doing geo-targeted search engine optimization, um, as I believe you know, uh, if you're if the press release agency you're working with has the ability to narrow down to geographic regions, you can have a press release targeted to a specific geographic area. In fact, I uh, know of you know the same company I mentioned before did press releases for an online lingerie store uh, that was online for several years until the woman retired from the industry. Right. But that being said, one of the angles they took was to brand it as a Chicago lingerie store and a Miami Beach lingerie store because the woman had homes in both of those towns. I tell you what, when you can get targeted like that, you become more specific. And the more specific you get with your press release, the more value that it has. So the, the geo-targeted is beautiful. It's great for local SEO too, because you know, it, if, you, if you're a small business, like in Chicago, you can get a link from, I say, a reporter that's in Miami, and that might do you a little bit of good, but if you can get a link from a reporter in Chicago or a blogger in Chicago because of a regional press release, now that helps local because 
that's that's like a, a, a local vote of confidence because Google has another algorithm with their local side of it. It's not just keywords and links. They also want to know how in the small business side of it, they want to know how close your business is to the searcher that's doing the search. It's proximity. So when they want to know what your address is, and if you have it listed on your website, correct, but the more times they see your address listed on other websites and links from local sites, it gives them a better feeling. Hey, yeah, this business is really from Chicago. And then that makes the local ranks improve too. So the regional press release is, uh, is a powerful tool. And, but I, I, I highly recommend though, using it in a way where you wait till you have the right story, because uh, if you, if you go to it too often, you'll get reporters just recognizing your, your name and then just start ignoring it. And that's not good. Right. And, and it's not good just for the links, but if you're just starting out and it's beautiful for those aggregated links. And if you miss it, if nobody picks it up, it's, no, it's really no harm, no foul. You got good links for a while on an aggregator yep. site. But if it does get picked up, that now that just created almost a viral effect from it. It is a viral effect of it when somebody picks up, does a story and uh, gives you another link from it. So that's good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd like to move on to something that is sort of like an elephant hovering in the room where we are today. Podcasting is enormous. And what we've seen happened in the podcasting industry over the past couple of years is as follows. And I'm speaking as the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, which is one of the longest continuously running entrepreneurial podcasts on the air today since September of 2013. Most of the podcasts in the entrepreneurial space you see out there have happened since we went on the air, that we've been consistently over six and a half years. Now, that being said, uh, you look at what has happened and i remember back in the day being a host where i had to scramble to have enough guests to do a weekly episode it got down to the point where i was personally asking my buddies like hey man i really need to get an episode up on tuesday can you hook a brother up (laughs) and then about two years ago there was this big switch and now everybody wants to be a guest and now you have the market glutted with people wanting to be guests on podcasts. We had so many people applying to be on Business Creators Radio, and we all thought we thought they were all good prospects that we ended up increasing the frequency to which we released episodes for a while just so that we didn't get a pile up in the can where it took six months to get an episode out because we didn't think oh, yeah. that was fair to the we didn't think that was fair to the guests. So we're seeing that everybody is in this act right now and what i'm now seeing and this is where my agency in demand expert is looking to take a leading role with something we're announcing here is that we're now seeing a a swinging of the pendulum i think in another direction and this is toward an emphasis on the entrepreneur themselves hosting a show as a way of increasing their search engine optimization, among other goals, which also include business development, which also include networking, which also include content development. So based on all of that out there, and those are just my thoughts, what are your thoughts on the impact of podcasting, whether it's being a guest, whether it's being a host, on search engine optimization. Oh, there's a huge impact. And what's beautiful about it is hardly anybody's using it for SEO yet. 
And so it's like there's an advantage to be had with podcasting right now. Hey, listen, I'm on here podcasting. I'm an SEO guy. What am I doing on a podcast about uh, talking about business development and stuff? Because podcasting is great for SEO too. And what what we were uh, discussing in a uh, in our Friday meeting, and we were said, listen, we need a way to get more links from from for our clients what are different ways that we can get it and one of the ways that we're going full bore right now is with helping our clients get on podcasts because what happens when you get on a podcast well remember i said earlier that seo is a, a subset of business development so if you go to get onto a podcast usually uh if they let you on and you come in and you're a guest you have an opportunity to share your website share your strategies and share your personality and if somebody likes it they'll call you and you'll have a customer or or a client but at the same time what they'll do is after some of the podcasts after the show and if you do your homework ahead of time you can find out what podcasts do this they'll pay they'll put some show notes up with the link over to your website so thank you yeah. for coming on as a guest now not what you just got is you just got introduced to the entire audience or whoever listens to the podcast uh, that for that episode live and then also down the road listen to the recordings of it and also now you're also getting hooked up with their website visitors through that page and through that link and that's what google's looking for when they can see that hey look at this podcast site uh there's linking right back over there's a lot of people on this site we like this site already uh that's another vote now that's seo and then if you were to do nothing but podcasts and you were getting links from those those podcasts and if you're doing say one a week and that would be a good schedule but one a week that's four extra really good links that your website's getting on a, uh, every month Correct. And, and that your competitors aren't getting. And that's yeah. that. And then you're getting access to the visitors of that site, as well as the podcast listeners. It's a, it's just a win, win situation. And if you're good and you have good strategies and good tactics, it's a win, win, win for the listener too. And not just for the show host or for you. And for, it's like, uh, put a good story together. We all have good stories about what we do. All of us. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Were you done? I was yeah. uh, just checking for hidden cameras because I'm trying to figure out how you were reading from the curriculum of my course with what you just said. <laughs> I agree with it all about a thousand and one percent. And especially when we get into things like show notes for instance and there's a big yeah. debate should you have show notes or not the business creators radio show doesn't have show notes i'll tell you the reason why is because our bet our bets as far as search engine optimization are in other areas of optimizing the episodes which i'll mention in just a second and because we're such a high production show we saw it as something that would just bog us down i go into podcast support type groups all the time and i see the conversation about uh, hey man who who can, uh, who can I hire to do my show notes? Uh, thinking, okay, so where are we having the conversation about how you keyword your show right. notes if you're going to do them? I, I uh, One of our clients uh, has a, a podcast, and his show notes are just bullet points. Uh, the bullet points are some of the key aha moments that he got listening to the guest answer his questions, which he then which he then massages and adds in a couple key phrases he's looking to optimize on. And then he uses those same little phrases, those same little bullet points as tweets and as social media posts to drive more attention to that episode. So oh, yeah. he's kind of solving, serving several masters 
it wants there, but what's very important to him is using the key phrases that he wants his business to be found on and doing it in a way where it still feels natural and it feels like it's something the guest said. Another tactic that we see people do, and I'm starting to see more and more of this actually, is once they complete an episode, they'll have it transcribed and they'll post the transcript onto the post on their website. Now, if you're going to do that, this is where you have to have a keyworded conversation. So we would need to be saying things like search engine optimization, or if you were running an SEO agency in Chicago, we would have to make sure that each of us a couple times naturally said a search engine agency in Chicago or an SEO company in Chicago, because you can't really edit your transcript other than to deal with those inaudibles. Right. Because people will, because what, yeah, hey. what, yeah, what happens is your listeners will be reading the transcript while they're listening right. to increase their comprehension. And if you start editing out pieces or start moving things around, they're going to get confused and you'll lose the listener. Right. Yep. They do listen. They do listen and read. And, and, you'll, and that's the problem with a lot of the, uh, the transcribing it. Is that reason alone? I mean, Jeff Walker, he said, well, we transcribe, when we transcribe our videos, we, we, we edit them for, for, cause they, cause we talk differently than we write. They do Correct. look different. It does, but if you have it right under the podcast, they're just going to listen. Cause it's, it's easier for them to comprehend now, instead of just coming in their ears, they're coming through their eyes too. And it's just a lot easier for them to comprehend it. But you're right. That's an easy way to get content with links back too. Precisely. Yeah. So that's what I mean by keywording the conversation. Mm -hmm. So when you speak the keywords naturally, when you're having the interview, those will show up in the transcript. And I have told people all the time, you really think that the way you speak is in line with what your English teacher taught you? If you listen to a recording of yourself lately. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not pleasant sometimes if you listen to yourself. And it's, uh, yeah, we write, we write a lot differently than we speak. And that's just, everybody does. There's just no way around it. Precisely. Now, when it comes to being a guest on other people's shows, it's been our practice and our contention that, the more you, you, the more you make it easy for your host to interview you, the better that you can leverage being a podcast guest with your search engine optimization strategy. Like, for example, when this, this episode, uh, people can go right now and see it posted on businesscreatorsradioshow.com. They may be on businesscreatorsradioshow.com. They'll notice that the description we used is partially borrowed from the interview questions that your agent gave us to ask you. Oh yeah. And so when you as a guest are working through an agent, supply things like the proposed title of the interview. You have a bio that you supply and you give the suggested questions or you give the description of what the episode is going to be about. Not only are you making it easier, here's three places you're making it easier. Number one, you're making it easier to get booked because that host who probably has a thousand other things and 500 other applications to look at can scan your submission and make a quick decision that yes, you will add value to their show, then you get booked. Second, they need to get that thing posted. So once the episode is done, then, or if it's a live episode, if they're advertising it, the fact that you gave them the information 
means they basically just need to copy paste. Third, they don't really have to think about what kind of branding you want because it's at, at that point perfectly okay for them to assume that if Matt LeClear wanted a certain key phrase to, that he wants to be found on, then that was the title of the interview. And he made sure that that showed up in the description. And he made sure it was naturally embedded into a couple of the suggested interview questions. And he'll say it a couple times on the interview. So I don't ever really have to think about that. Right. So, what so, what so a freedom so, that is. Yeah. So once in a blue moon, we'll have somebody that wants to be on the business creators radio show who will say something like, I'm not going to fill out your form. I'm not going to submit questions. You're the host. That's your job. And I say, well, nice knowing you. Because <laughs> number, number one, I'm not going to deal with that recalcitrance and that, and that attitude, number one. Yeah. And number two, they just don't get it. They don't understand that being a guest is supposed to be part of their search engine optimization strategy. So, if I, so when I'm going out getting interviewed, I'm getting interviewed on things like the topic of my book. I'm getting interviewed on th where, the, where the title of the interview is the, the name of my course, things I want to be found on. It's, 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 it's business development 101. Uh -huh. and the, the, the easier I can make your job, the quicker you may recommend me to other people, the quicker another I see too on some podcasts where it's not uncommon to get a good review. Like if you're having, if you're on somebody's podcast and you treated them right, you did your homework, you got the title, you and you made their job easier. Well, a they're probably like I said, they're probably going to have you on again. But more importantly, they're going to promote you a little bit more. They're going to be a lot more excited about having you on, and they're going to refer you to others other station other podcasts it's just make people's job easier and that's what link building we do too it's just if you can make the link building process easier for the other person and them giving you a link and them doing something for you it's just a, it's no brainer for them to do it because we, we all have a job to do and we're all trying to do it and we all want to go home to our families at the end of the day and if you can make if i can make your job easier if you and and then why wouldn't i do that it's just basic business development and that's uh some people just don't get it eh? there you go there you go and see and this is incorporating your business development into how you conduct other things like your search engine optimization so now we're mixing we're actually we're combining business development which is how we grow the business what types of opportunities prospects and clients we attract and we're matching that to search engine optimization, which is how we get found on that more effectively. And now we're using podcasting as the tool in the vehicle to make those things happen. So we've created, I'm going to use the phrase blockchain to bring them all together. <laughs> that, well, that's what it is. And then the money comes out the other end of it. Precisely. That, 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 well, now, it's not easy making money. But when you start stringing things together like that, where, okay, and either we talked about the how great press releases are, they're great, but maybe even podcasting is is a better SEO strategy to start out with because with everybody knows how to talk and everybody knows their business, at least they should. And if they don't, they shouldn't be going on podcasts yet. But and if they can start with that, they'll get links, they'll get used to communicating. Uh, it's a business development thing. It's also, you can't just go and talk about your business. You got to bring yep. value. And what businesses do prospects like? It's the businesses that are bringing value, not that are constantly a pitch fest. And that's, Correct. And that's something that's hard too. So once somebody can get used to being a guest, 
on podcasts and say, wait a minute, I have to bring value. I have to get my SEO keywords in. I have to provide the right title and all this good stuff is going on. Well, they're more in tune with their customer base now because now they can take that same mindset. Say, wait a minute, let me uh, look at it from their perspective. How can I make it easier for them to do business with me? It's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's a business development muscle that, that gets strengthened through podcasting. And I think it's right. a beautiful strategy to even start with SEO. And it's, uh, there's no reason why somebody just starting out, especially a small business can't do that. Yeah. And, uh, and let's not, set aside the power of podcasting as a networking tool. One of the, when I see somebody who wants to come on business creators radio show and their first questions are, uh, you know, uh, we're interested in your show, but we need to make sure that we are spending our time in front of large audiences. So if you could send us our listener, your listener and download stats so we can decide if we're able to be on your show, that'd be great. And I say, no, bye. Right. Because they're missing another key point. Again, we want to talk about business development. You have, like, I'm hosting, I'm hosting the episode, this episode of Business Creators Radio Show, and I have Matt LeClear on the show, right? There is one listener. I, I love all my listeners. But, you know, and, and we have people who follow every episode. And you guys, I love you, and I think you're great. But ultimately... There's only one person that I know is going to be here the entire time. Who's that? That's you. That's you. You. You are the only guaranteed listener I have who's going to be here the other time, the entire time. Of all the people who tune into Business Creators Radio Show, everybody who's tuning into this episode, who is the one person that I'm going to have an opportunity to have a conversation with outside of this, outside of this interview? One person guaranteed. The one you're you. talking about me again. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yet people who discount that will be will spend ten thousand dollars a month trying to get people to sign up for their free strategy sessions. Oh, where yeah. everybody goes into it knowing they're gonna be pitched on something. <laughs> Immediately. And then yeah. incessantly forever. That's- exactly. So people will turn down free strategy sessions because they know they're not in a position to invest right now, even though they're interested in it. Right. Because yeah. they're because what they're afraid will happen is they'll get the hard sell and then the whole thing will end awkwardly and that'll be the end of it. Because unfortunately, a lot of business creators do not understand relationship-based selling, which often involves multiple conversations. In fact, multiple. particularly for high-ticket items, it should involve multiple conversations. If somebody if somebody drops you ten thousand dollars based on twenty minutes on a free strategy session, you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we need to take time out of this episode, but you and I both know what I'm talking about. Right. So that that's uh, well, and that's a case too that you'll find in business a lot too. If you get to a point where if you're out and and another thing with podcasts too, if you're running your own podcast, it's a gold mine just for lead generation. Take a list of all your prospects that you want to do business with that you want to that you think would be a good fit for you and have them on as invite them on as a as a guest on the podcast and tell them, listen, we'll make this easy. Write the questions out ahead of time. And a lot of times the people will won't if they're busy, if they're a good prospect, if they're the because there's a group of people that have podcasts or there's a group of people in any industry that are the people who can help you grow your business the fastest. So if you're running a podcast, the, the hardest 
point is, is trying to build a bridge from them to you. Everybody's trying to say, we're great, we're this, we're that. But if you're running a podcast, you can then go out to your best prospects and say, listen, we did a little research on you. We know who you are. We love you. And we think that our listeners and our podcast will love you too. We want to introduce you to them. Now, how, Precisely. how easy is that? Oh, and, uh, and how much better does that sound is, uh, hey, Matt, you know, I'm curious about the S- this SEO stuff. Can I pick your brain? Right. When somebody asks, or, or hey, uh, hey, man, uh, you know, I was wondering if you and I could chat about how we could potentially synergize. You want to meet for coffee? Right. Uh-huh. Um, my answer to both those types of questions <laughs> is, um, okay, you got a podcast? <laughs> and they'll say, uh, yeah. And I'll say, cool, well, have me on your show. Uh, promote the hell out of the episode, and I'll give you some really good stuff. You can ask your questions. Yeah. Because now, now you're taking up my time on the one hand, but on the other hand, you're giving me something which is exposure, opportunity. And I will give you 30 minutes for that, sure, because that also benefits me. All day long. Yeah. And it's not hard to come up with those opportunities either where you can benefit your prospect before you take any benefit for yourself. Precisely. And if if you could do that, and like Dan Kennedy, God rest his soul. Oh, he's still still around, I believe. No, he passed away a few months ago. No, he's he's still around. There were rumors, but uh, he's still with us. Uh, He, uh, he, uh, I think he stated that his, uh, his death uh, was greatly premature. Oh, wow. That's the best. You just made my day. You made my week because I love Dan. Unless, unless something has just happened within the past hour that I haven't heard of, he's still around. This was a couple months ago. So it was a rumor. Oh, well, great. Well, what he said, and he taught me in his training when I was a youngster is that uh, the, the best way to grow your business is to get your prospect to view you as a welcome guest instead of an unwelcome pest. And 99.9% yeah. of your competitors are an unwelcome pest. And if you can become a welcome guest by offering like a podcast opportunity or a, even a lesser a guest post opportunity or something like that, you can have something to offer your prospects to get them. And you could do the same thing with link building too. If you want to get the best links from somebody in your industry, well, invite them on your podcast and then ask right. them to share it and uh, or create or let them post a transcript themselves so there's a lot and then put it on their site with a link back to you there's a lot of opportunities you can have in growing your business if you just reach out and help prospects with what they need to do and podcasting is a beautiful way to do that and i'm glad that you brought up podcasting in this because it's a lot more effective than guest posting we have one more thing we need to cover here that I wanted to spend a few moments on. You being a search engine optimization and search engine marketing pioneer, uh, particularly when it comes to the level of thought that goes into this, let's say that somebody has a very common search term that is either commoditized or there's a lot of other people using it, or they have a very common name. Like, let's say you uh, want to rank John Smith. So you have a common key phrase or a common name. How do they break out? Well, it's it's going to have to be probably local and okay. uh, and with links. And it's uh, a, a big part of link break, building is the anchor text that you use. And we have did tests, and I hate to say this, but we did tests in 2008 where we would forget the names of <laughs> this. Is, we would forget the names of uh, certain uh, actors and we'd had nicknames for them 
and my brother and I could never figure out who these actors are, and we could always look up their nicknames, but it was our nicknames for them, so we couldn't find it. So we ended up doing like a million backlinks over a, a two-year period for all these authors, all these actors' names for all of our nicknames. Now, today, all I have to do is type in one of the nicknames, and that author, that, that actor or author comes up. Now, it also is a litmus test, because as soon as those names quit coming up, now I know that links are no longer working and that the uh -huh. page, that the algorithm has changed. So I have a lot of deep-seated links where I'm looking at that and I can tell if, uh, because the only thing that was done to rank those authors for those nicknames, I keep saying authors, but actors, uh, is the fact that was, was our backlinks. So now if like one of our, one of our favorite actors was hot shot bald cop and who in the heck is that? That's Ed Lauder. He was in a lot of movies, but if you go Google hot shot bald cop, Ed Lauder comes up still. And that's been 10 years. And that's, uh, and that's just with links. So that yeah. tells me. So if, if you build links with John Smith, you use the, the name John Smith and you use that coming back to your site, what you're going to rank, your, your your page for for that keyword and uh that's that part of the algorithm is is it will take its uh it also will the algorithm will take into consideration the anchor text used on uh not just the link but also the anchor text the actual part that's hyperlinked uh what that anchor text is will um determine what you rank for too so that's still a real big part of that google tries to protect their algorithm is that right there and they'll tell you not to do it and whatever they're telling you not to do you should listen but it also tells you hey wait a minute that works so maybe yeah. i can get closer to the line and get that optimized a little better without actually crossing over best practices yeah i and i love what you're sharing with us that John Smith should probably be doing press releases and he should probably be doing <laughs> podcasting and yeah. he should probably, and he should probably have a, um, a search engine friendly, but easy to remember name of his product, name of his book, name of his course, and key phrase, not, whatever it is. So it better, that not he be can John Smith. it better not be johnsmith.com either. And, uh, you're right yeah. at that point, if that's your brand, well, you, uh, you have to maybe rank for your product name at that point. And because right. that'll be a lot easier to rank for because Matt LeClaire is easy to rank for. Let me tell you. And uh, there's not a lot of other Matt LeClaire's out there. And, yep. but in, in like all the, with attorneys too, you'll see attorneys, they'll put their middle initial in. And yeah, you see a lot, you see a lot of that because uh, candidly, there are a lot of attorneys that have very similar names. Yeah. Michael A. Smith. Well, if you're an attorney named Michael Smith, I guarantee you're using your middle initial. <laughs> yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah, but but well, wait, wait, but if you're doing outreach, if you're reaching out to prospects, and how is a business going to grow if you're not doing outreach? Whether you're asking for links or proposals, but if you have something to offer, it's not cold calling anymore, is it? So if I have a podcast and I'm going out to my top list of prospects that I want to market to, and I'm inviting them on, that's not really cold calling at that point, is it? Nope. That's 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 a huge tip. That's no, I've tip. I've been around cold calling for a long time, and I've never heard, "Hey, I want to hand you free exposure on my show." <laughs> be a form of a cold call. I mean, yeah, it may come out of the blue, but it's not like, "Hey, can we sit down so I can claim I'm not going to pitch you something, but pitch you something?" Right. Yeah. 
And then, hey, I got an idea. And then if you're, if you're like doing the podcast too, and how do you do the segue into getting the prospect to do business with you? Well, you do the regular podcast. Then at the end, at the podcast, you, uh, you quit recording. You just say to your prospect, hey, I got some ideas that came to mind while we're doing the show. Can I, can I put it together and share it with you? And yeah. uh, you just got the segue into a proposal. Precisely. And sometimes that's a conversation you can have right then. A lot of times it's a conversation you're going to schedule a follow-up on. It just depends on the situation and the extent to which you want the sale to proceed, the size of the ticket. There are many considerations in terms of how you do it. But the point being, going back to what I said earlier, as the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, I have one guaranteed listener and one guaranteed person I have a conversation with one way or the other. That's you. So make it make that guess worthwhile. Precisely, precisely. So uh, I have a thought here, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I go on stages around the country, and I'm interviewed on other people's podcasts and webinars. And if we're speaking about the idea of getting people to come to your website, at some point I will say, and I covered this in my book too, by the way, I'll say, you know, there's something you may have in your business. And if you have this, you don't want it, you don't need it. In fact, you want to get rid of it. Because the last thing that you need or want in your business is traffic to your website. I'll say, whoa, what? Okay, pause. That doesn't make sense. You'd think you want traffic to your website. Here's a problem. If you own an agency that helps people get traffic to their website, you're now one of a thousand or a million or a billion. So I say, forget about traffic to your website. Don't want it, don't need it, waste of time. What you want instead is to first look at that phrase, traffic to your website. Traffic, to put it in a sentence, is the reason I work from a home office. Website, well, what's a website? Is that an about page, a home page, a product page, uh, a, a, policy, a privacy policy page, a webinar registration page, a sales page? A website can be all of those things, and all of those things can be included in a website. Instead, go for visitors to your web pages who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. So what I've done is I've taken something that everybody else is saying, traffic to your website, traffic to your website, traffic to your website, and I've just simply renamed it. But it totally... Visitors to your web page. Yep, because that's more specific. And it, but not just visitors, but qualified visitors. And that's the, uh, well, too, if you put your, you could dog whistle your content by that, you know, a little whistle and your, and your right prospect comes running to your content. If you put a piece of content together or do a podcast episode on a certain topic, uh, that could dog whistle your prospects in because if you create the content only about something that they're going to find interesting. So whether it's, it's how to train your dog and you, and, and, you put together a podcast on how to uh, the, how to keep your dog from being annoying to, to to guests that come over. Now, somebody that has that that reads that obviously has or watch, listens to it obviously is going to have a dog, and it's going to have a dog that's unruly. Getting a piece of content for them that funnels down to a close, like your course on on training your dog, or setting up an appointment for a uh, for the trainer to come out to your yep. house or to whatever it is, what you can create a piece of content that dog whistles, tracks your, your prospect and funnels them down, shows who you are and shows know what your system is and shows you know what you're talking about and funnels to a close, well, that's going to build a business, especially if you're getting the right prospects finding it. 
Yep, and I would love to continue this conversation for five hours, but we got three minutes left. And I want <laughs> to give you one of those minutes. You may have some listeners right now who are leaning into this. They're getting real curious about how they can begin to leverage some of these things for themselves. And they may be seeing a new point of view having listened to you. So how do they get a hold of you and what do they have to look forward to once they do? Well, there's two ways they can get a hold of us. First, they can go to our resource site, and that's yourscelsquad.com. There's a lot of things they can do on that site. If they scroll all the way down to the bottom, to the footer, mm-hmm. there's a link building mastery course. It's totally free. I used to charge uh, three different courses. I charged $2,200 for them all, and uh, they're still 100% applicable. They want, they, uh, they're all about growing a business using link outreach, how to do it properly. So if they go to my website, your SEL squad and end up down there and scroll down to the bottom, hit the link building mastery, they they'll find, uh, all three of my courses there on link building and they can click the badges that are on that page and they'll be taken right over to the, the free, ver- free versions of the course, they're full versions of the course, uh, and they're up on YouTube. And that's, uh, those are probably the best way to get started. It's all about business development. And if somebody just wants to hire an SEO agency, hey, we'd love to talk to you. Our phone number is 833, and that's SEO Hunt, and I forget the exact numbers, 833-SEO-HUNT, like you're hunting SEO. Yeah. And that's uh, that's best way to get reach us. Uh, like I said, though, it's get the business mentality of the business development mentality where everything I do is to grow my business. I need to find a way to reach out to my prospects in a way that doesn't violate them or, or where I'm a pest. And the best way to do that is to have something to offer them that makes them appreciate you and view you as a welcome guest so that they will honor your link request. So they'll link to your website or let you on their podcast or you come onto your podcast so you can pitch them. But a business will not grow unless outreach is taking place. And you can do it with PPC and all that other stuff. But the old-fashioned way of growing a business is with outreach. Outreach works. You just have to reach out to the right people. And you can't reach out in a way where you're being selfish. You reach out in a way where you're helping the other person. And if you can figure out how to do that, hey, you can print money. Absolutely. So I'll say one more time your URL, which is www.yourseosquad.com. Matt LeClear, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Hey, I loved it. I love the show. And uh, Adam, hey, thank you for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. You bet. For everybody listening, thank you so much. Uh, My name is Adam Homie. Once again, I am the host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and be sure to subscribe to your favorite syndication network so you get fresh content delivered to you every single week. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.